Then Allah warns the believers that Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, O you who have believed, Mayyartadda minkum an dinihi. Whoever of you should revert from his religion, Yartadda. From the root letters, Ra dal dal. Irtadda is to revert, meaning to take a step back, to go back. So for example, a person was in jahiliyyah. Allah gave him huda and nur. So he came forward and he became enlightened. And then what happens? This person, he leaves that nur, he leaves that huda, and he steps back into jahiliyyah. He steps back into ignorance. So this is what? Irtidad. As a technical term, it means apostasy. So, مَنْ يَرْتَدَّ مِنْكُمْ عَنْ دِينِهِ Whoever of you should revert from his religion, he leaves Islam, becomes a non-Muslim, whether he becomes a Jew or a Christian or a Hindu or a Buddhist or an atheist or whatever. Whoever leaves his religion, leaves Islam, joins others, befriends them, becomes like them, pleases them, wants their friendship, is loyal to them, then is the deen of Allah going to suffer? No. You know, it's like if a person is working in a particular company, he has a very high position or a very important position. Every person feels whatever role, whatever work they're doing is meaningful. It's very important. It's very crucial. Even the person who's sitting at the front desk, what do they believe? That when they're answering the calls, they know about the company, this is why they can answer the calls. They know what to do, this is why they can manage the people who are coming in. And what do they feel? That if I quit this company that I've been working for, they're going to suffer so much. So if they have a fight with their boss, or they demand for a raise, and they don't get it, what do they threaten with? Quitting their job. So likewise, if there is a person who, for little, little reasons, he threatens to leave Islam, he threatens to leave salah, he threatens to you know, stop fasting, that, oh Allah, if you don't give me this, then that's it, I'm not going to pray anymore. Or people say this to their family members. Just the other day somebody was mentioning to me that what do you do about a person who used to pray a lot, fast a lot, make a lot of dua for a particular job that they wanted, and then they didn't get it, and now they stopped praying completely. And they said that they're very upset with Allah. You know, they've had it, they can't deal with it anymore. If you quit, then what's going to happen? What is the boss going to do? He's going to give an ad, vacancy, and then what will happen? Hundreds of applications can come. Fifty applications can come. Ten applications can come. So much so that people cannot even figure out who to leave and who to take. And then that person is replaced. Yes, for some time the company suffers. But eventually what happens? They get back. They get rolling again. And what they suffered in that time, because of the good performance of the new worker, what happens? They make up for their losses. So Allah says, مَن يَرْتَدَّ مِنْكُمْ عَنْ دِينِهِ Whoever leaves his religion, then know that فَسَوْفَ يَأْتِ اللَّهُ بِقَوْمٍ Then soon Allah will bring some people. Meaning, in your place. We have to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should not test Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If I'm doing that, I'll get it or not. In one of my Bukhari class, we listened to lecture. 
And the Sheikh sharing the story, I want to share it. Yes, please. I, li- I like it myself so much, so I just want to share it. Sahaba, I don't remember the name. He said, uh, whenever he work and uh, whenever he got the pay, he will give all in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and charity. And nothing come with himself, nothing left. So at the night, when he came home, and the morning when he slept, in the morning under the pillow, he will got the same amount of money when he gave in charity. So he did a couple of times the same things, and uh, in the morning he will tell to the people. So I'm doing that, but uh, I got back my money under my pillow. So another friend of him, he said, let me try. So he wore, he gave all the money for the charity on the way, but he coming in the night, and the morning, check the pillow, no money. Mm. Next month, they're doing the same thing. He coming, he gave all the money to, to the way of Allah, but at the night, sleep, and the morning, no money on the pillow. So I came to the same friend, I said, why you're lying? You're telling me you do the same money and, uh, under the pillow, you find money in the morning, and, but I did the same thing, I didn't find it. He said, you know what is the difference? Because I trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but you're testing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's very true. So we need to trust Him, not test Him. And if we have this attitude of testing Allah, and then we feel that, na'udhu billah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not met our expectations, and as a result we take a step back, مَنْ يَرْتَدَّ مِنْكُمْ عَنْ دِينِهِ Then know that Allah doesn't need you. He can replace you with somebody else. فَسَوْفَ يَأْتِ اللَّهُ بِقَوْمٍ Allah will bring about some other people. In your place. If you quit, your boss will replace you. If a woman says, I don't need my husband, let me leave him and let him suffer for no genuine reason. And then what happens? He goes and marries somebody else. The fact is that there is no human being on this earth who is irreplaceable. No. Every human being is replaceable. Every person has a substitute. If you quit from something, somebody else will take your place. So, فَسَوْفَ يَأْتِ اللَّهُ بِقَوْمٍ Allah will bring about somebody else in your place. But they will be different. How? يُحِبُّهُمْ He will love them. وَيُحِبُّونَهُ And they will love Him. There's a difference over here. You test Him, and they love Him. And He loves them back. يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَهُ So if you don't love Allah, you are not loyal to Him, you don't love Him the most, then Allah has no need of you. He doesn't care for you. He will replace you. And He will replace you with people whom He loves, and they will love Him. So what does this teach us? That we must have love for Allah. Because وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ Those who believe they're intense in their love for Allah. And those who love Allah, then they are loyal to Allah. They are loyal to His deen. Committed. They're committed people. They're not testing and trying all the time. They're trusting. They are committed. They give priority to everything that has come from Allah. And they do not leave the deen at any cost. They do not compromise on the deen or any of its principles for little, little things, for worldly gains, for worldly benefits. No. They're committed to the deen, sincere. It doesn't matter whether someone becomes happy or someone becomes upset with them. Whether they gain something or they lose something. They do not leave the deen, they do not leave Allah. Because, يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَ 
They love Allah. And when you love someone, and when that love is true, it is sincere, then what will happen? It doesn't matter what the people say. It doesn't matter what you suffer because of them. It doesn't matter the pain that you have to experience because of them. You will bear everything because you love them. Like for example, it happens that a man, he just loves a woman. And then what happens? Even if the entire family opposes, no, you cannot marry her. You cannot go to her. You should not be with her. What happens? He says, you know what? It's either you or her. I'm going for her. I'm going to marry her. You want to accept us? Come along. If you don't want to, I'm sorry. I cannot care for you. What does this mean? That that love is sincere. That that man is committed. And if he says, well, my mom's not happy. My sister will be really upset. And so as a result, he leaves her. Then in that case, that love was not really there in the first place. So true love makes a person committed. And when that love is weak, when that love is fake, rather, then what happens? On the smallest difficulty, a person leaves. Smallest discomfort, a person walks away. You know, a mother who truly loves her children, who loves her family, she will never say, I've had it, I've had enough, I quit. Right? She will never say that. There are women who will suffer domestic abuse, domestic violence. Why? For the sake of their children. Because they don't want that their children come from a broken family. They will suffer abuse. They will suffer poverty. They will suffer so much emotionally. But because they love their children, they will take any pain to make their children happy. Likewise, a woman who loves her husband, she will do the same thing. She will be in the same way. So, this is the difference between loving Allah and not loving Allah. What kind of people does Allah like? Those who love Allah. Because when you love someone, then you get their love. When you love someone, then you get their love. If you don't love them, then how can you get their love? They will love you for some time and eventually they'll realize that you, you don't care for them, so they're going to leave you. So يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَ He loves them and they love him. And this is something that's not difficult for Allah to do at all. To replace us with someone else. In the Quran, Allah says, إِن يَشَأْ يُذْهِبْكُمْ وَيَأْتِ بِخَلْقٍ جَدِيدٍ وَمَا ذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ بِعَزِيزٍ If He wants, He can take you away and replace you with another creation. And this is not difficult for Allah at all. And the people He will bring in your place, رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوعًا He will be happy with them and they will be happy with Him. Allah says, وَإِن تَتَوَلَّوْا يَسْتَبْدِ الْقَوْمٌ غَيْرَكُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَكُونُوا أَمْثَالَكُمْ If you turn away, Allah will replace you with some other people. And they will not be like you. Rather, they'll be much better than you. Much better than you. And sometimes we see this. That a person thinks that if he leaves some work of the deen, he quits, he walks away. And he says, you know, I'm gonna go. And then this work is going to start to collapse. And then they will beg me to stay. They will come after me. Please come back. Please come back. Please do this. But what happens? A person goes and somebody else takes their place. So never think that you are invincible. Never think that you are irreplaceable. You are a hundred percent replaceable. So the honor is in what? That you 
Once you have that position, you maintain it. You don't lose it. You don't give it up. But the thing is that when a person becomes serious about his deen, does something for Allah, tries to take a step close to Allah, then he will be tested in various ways. Sometimes it's the words of people. Sometimes it's the attitude of people. Sometimes it's the fact that you cannot get along with some people. So don't lose heart over there. Don't leave the work of Allah. Don't leave the work, the service of the beloved, of your loved one, for the sake of other people. Do you stop cooking for your children whom you love just because somebody is criticizing the way you're cooking? And you say, fine, I'm never going to feed my children again? No. You don't care what they say. You love your children, you're going to feed them. Even if the food that you prepare is not amazing. But what do you say? I'm doing my best. This is all that I can do. I don't care what people have to say. So likewise, when you love Allah, and you're doing something for Him, then don't let other people stop you. Don't let their comments make you give up. يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَ أَذِلَّةٍ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ أَعِزَّةٍ عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ Those who are humble toward the believers and powerful against the disbelievers. أَذِلَّةٍ Plural of ذَلِيل أَعِزَّةٍ Plural of عَزِيز Who are أَذِلَّةٍ Humble It doesn't mean someone who is weak and someone who is humiliated. No. It means humble. Someone who doesn't have any pride. Someone who is easy to deal with. Someone who is cooperative. Because who can you not work with? Someone who is tough. Someone who doesn't bend. Someone who does not understand. Who doesn't have mercy. So adhillah are who? Humble, cooperative. And a'izzah. Plural of aziz. Who is aziz? One who is strong and mighty also gives meaning of tough. So, what do we see here? That the one who loves Allah, then he treats nicely all those people who love Allah. He treats them well. He is gentle towards them, polite and kind, not harsh, not ill-mannered, not foul speech, no. Someone who has good akhlaq, soft-hearted, kind, merciful, towards who? Those who love Allah. And those who don't love Allah, those who disobey Allah, those who don't care about Allah, then yes, they use their strength and their firmness against them. Assalamu alaikum. I was thinking about uh, Sister Atika. May Allah reward her when I was a student. Everybody come and say, Sister Atika, I have this problem and this problem. And I tell her, and everybody complaining, okay, inshallah. No problem, inshallah. She never say hard word to anybody, I see at least. And for me, subhanAllah, I never see from her any hard word or frown in, in her face. SubhanAllah, this is like azillatun ala al-mumin, mean humble and being so kind to mumin. May Allah make us like that. So being gentle and kind, cooperative, understanding towards the believers. Because the fact is that if a person understands the people that I'm dealing with, the mu'mineen, who are they? Those who love Allah. Those who want to please Allah. Those who are striving to make Allah happy. Yes, they have their shortcomings. Yes, they fall, they trip. But at the end of the day, they have a heart that loves Allah. They have an intention, inshallah, to please Allah. 
So when that is the case, then I should be kind and merciful and cooperative so that I can help them. I can pick them up and take them along with me. Not that I bully them and make them feel bad, put them down so that they get discouraged and they give up and they leave. No. Adilla ala al-mu'mineen, a'izza ala al-kafireen. يُجَاهِدُونَ فِي سَبِيلَ اللَّهِ They strive in the cause of Allah. Meaning they struggle on the way of Allah, striving utmost. Why? To please Him. Because سَبِيلَ Allah is what? The way that leads you to Allah. So they're striving on that path to get to Allah, to make Him happy, to please Him. يُجَاهِدُونَ فِي سَبِيلَ اللَّهِ And when you're struggling to please Allah, then what will happen? Yes, people will criticize you. People will find faults in you, they will try to blame you. So, وَلَا يَخَافُونَ لَوْمَ And they do not fear the blame of any critic. لَوْمَ لَائِم Same root, لَام وَاو mean. What does it mean? To criticize someone, to find faults in them, to make them feel bad by mentioning their faults, so that they stop what they're doing, they feel horrible about themselves, they give up. So, they don't fear the criticism of any critic. That if they are going to do something of the deen, they're going to say something of the deen, and somebody laughs at them, or somebody passes a sarcastic comment, they don't stop because of them. They don't give up because of them. No. لا يخافون لو And you know, sometimes it happens that you're doing something wonderful, amazing, for the sake of Allah. And what happens? Somebody comes and discourages you. Just the other day somebody was mentioning to me about how because of their hijab, somebody they were talking to, and they were telling them what they want to do in university. They said that, you know, it's really nice that you want to do it, but I'm sorry, you're not going to find a job. They haven't even gone to university yet. They're just sharing their future plans with them. But what do they say? That, I'm sorry, you can study all you want, but you're not going to get a job. Why? Because of your hijab. So you might as well not do this. Or you might as well think about leaving what you're doing. And she said that because of that comment of hers, I got so discouraged that I've been having feelings of regret that why did I start this? Why did I start this hijab? Because now I feel that there's no hope for me in the future. I can't do this, I can't do that. I can't fulfill my dreams. But the fact is when a person is doing something for Allah, then what happens? He believes that no, it's not these people who are my providers who will find me a job. Allah will find me a job. In a place that is best for me, most suitable for me. And by the way, when you're studying something, why should you study just with the intention of finding a job? Unfortunately, this is what has happened. People study that through which they can get the best job, they can make the most money. Ilm, you learn, you gain, not for making money. Ilm, you learn to benefit yourself first, to benefit the creation of Allah, to make yourself a better person. Think about it, you as a woman, if you have a degree in medicine, don't you think you'll be a better mother? Yeah, you will be. I know of a sister who has a degree in medicine, but she cannot practice over here. But I see that when it comes to dealing with her children's sickness, you know, all these issues, she's so calm. And many times I call her, seeking her advice, because I'm freaking out over a diaper rash, and she's telling me what to do. She's like, relax, it's okay, not a big deal. 
Here I am, rushing my kids to the emergency, and there she is so calm and satisfied. Why? Because she has that knowledge, which I don't have. So don't think that knowledge is just for the sake of working. It's to make you a better person. The male customers came, I, I didn't shake hand with them. So my CEO, he uh, said to my general manager, said uh, Mrs. Khan not to come to the office again because they were Levi's guys and she didn't shake hand. So I said I didn't, I didn't went the next day and not even the next day. And then the secretary called me and uh, he said the CEO is calling, was asking why you're not coming. Then I replied because he said uh, you are not, you're not going to come because you, you refused to shake hand with the male guys. So he said, no, he's, he's, he's asking you again to come again here. So when I went to the office, all the thing was okay. And next time when all the male customers used to come, he was used to tell them before, look, this is a Muslim country and the females working here, they are not going to shake hand with the male guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, don't fear that people are going to say this, or they might fire me, or they might not hire me, or they may say this about me or that about me. Don't fear. Who doesn't have this fear? The one who loves Allah more than he loves anybody else. The one who fears Allah more than he fears anybody else. Then he doesn't care what people have to say, or what they don't have to say. He doesn't care about them. Then he does what he has to do. لا يخافون لوم تلائم Because people who get overly concerned about people's comments, then they can never get anywhere in life. You have to get over the criticism of people if you want to be successful. Yes, you hear it. It might be beneficial for you to make you better, but don't get carried away because of that. Don't get discouraged because of that. لا يخافون لوم تلائم Now tell me, what are some of the لَوْمَ that we experience or that we fear we're going to hear. That people are going to say this, or people are going to say that, I don't want to hear such a comment. I don't want anybody to say something like that about me. And because of that, we get discouraged. What are some of the things that people say? So for example, when it comes to hijab, that we fear that people are going to say, oh, what happened? What happened? Did you get engaged? Did you get married? I remember, and this was in a Muslim country, I went to a class once and there was a girl over there and she's like, are you married or are you engaged or something? And I'm like, uh, no. Because I was still in high school at that time. I'm like, no, what does this have to do with, I mean, what are you talking about? Why would you ask me such a random question? And she's like, oh no, I was wondering because of your hijab. Because I know of a girl who started wearing it just because she got married or something. And I'm like, really? So, what's the big deal? So having this fear that if I walk into class, if I walk into school with this on and I didn't have it on yesterday, what are people going to say? لا يخافون. Don't fear. Whatever. You know, sometimes I wonder if people can walk around with amazing hairstyles to the point that sometimes you're like, wow, whoever thought of that? Then why do you fear wearing a hijab? I mean, come on, it's much more decent than some of the things that people walk around with. The other day I was at a public place and a woman, she walked in with red hair and standing up and like half shaved from one side. And my son is like, Mama, she's got red hair. Why does she have red hair? And he's going on and on and on about her red hair. I'm like, 
quiet. We don't say this. You can ask her if you're really curious, but don't ask me. So if people have the confidence to walk around like that, no matter what people say about them, then why shouldn't we have the confidence, especially when we're doing something to please Allah, and Allah is watching us wherever we are, wherever we're going. So لا يخافون لوم تلائم I have a really good friend in school. She's Christian, but what happens, we used to carpool together to school. And so I've been wearing a baya to high school. When I started high school, I was wearing a baya. And so a lot of times people, they always saw us together. So they started thinking we were sisters. And so one time someone asked, are you guys sisters? And my friend was all awkward about it. She's like, no, I'm not. And she told me a while later that, you know, sometimes she felt weird because... Because I wore the abaya and she wore, you know, tank tops and everything, she's like, I started feeling like I was a bad Muslim because I didn't wear it along with you. Because it shows like, I mean, when you're so confident about it, it really, other people get affected yes. and they sort of feel like you're doing the right thing. Yes. So it really and if you're not confident about it, what will happen then? Then you are afraid of what people are saying and then you will get discouraged and eventually you'll be like, you know what? People say that abaya is not mandatory, so it's okay. And I'll just keep a small hijab on. And then gradually it starts reducing, reducing, reducing until it comes to nothing. Assalamu I remember once I was outside with my sisters and we were outside somewhere and we were going in the car and then this lady, she looks at my sister and she's just like, you know, we live in Canada, we don't wear masks here. Okay, so what? People can say whatever and you're like, Whatever. Just keep walking. Just ignore. وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا وَإِذَا مَرُّوا بِاللَّغْوِ مَرُّوا كِرَامًا When they pass by love speech, you know, something bad, they just walk with nobility and with dignity. They just pretend as if nobody said anything. And even if they said, who cares? I remember when uh, I started wearing a niqab, not non-Muslim, Muslim, they give me a hard time. And then one sister, she told me, uh, you know, I'm Muslim sister, I know her, she wear niqab, but her daughter, she married Christian. So? And I, I ignore her. And then another one, she told me, in the next meeting we meet, she told me, you know, only the beautiful people that wear niqab, they should wear niqab. I tell her, my husband thinks I'm beautiful. <laughs> so she be quiet, she didn't say nothing. But people, they keep talking, we have to ignore it. Yes. And sometimes people don't get over it. You know, you're trying to get over it. Every time you step out of the house, you muster up all this confidence and courage and you, you know, have all the self-talk. You pump yourself up and you walk and then people come and say something again and again. So, لا يخافون لهم تلائم uh, one day I was uh, coming from a school and I was in the subway. So I had like my classmates, they were uh, Muslim too, but they were just wearing hijab and some of them weren't wearing. So I was wearing niqab. So all of a sudden when we, uh, the train stopped at other stations, so one person walked in and uh, because it was a rush time, so everybody was standing. So when he saw me, he started scolding like, get out of our country, why are you here and all that stuff, right? So there was a girl, uh, she was I think um, like in her teens, she was just wearing, you know, really shorts and tan top and everything. So the Muslim ladies who were standing with me, they just like moved aside that we don't know her. And all of a sudden, that girl, like who appears, like who wasn't wearing a pro- like, yeah. to, like proper uh, clothing. So she started defending me 
and she said to that person, this is Canada, and she has the right, whatever she wants to wear, so why are you saying that? She's not sick, you are sick because you are scolding her, so you better get off at next station. If you don't, I'm just going to press the alarm, so the train will stop and security will take you. So like, subhanAllah, my own friends didn't defend me, they just moved aside that we don't know her. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a person who defended me. So Amazing. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, I think there is one more point uh, to be remembered because I remember Ustaz always used to say that you can take critics easy when you take your like pleasing also easy. Like when someone says good words to you, you are very pleased with them. And your nafs is very pleased. But when someone criticizes you, you're like, oh, I can't take it. Yes. The, both the things should be same. When someone is pleasing you, you should be, okay, easy. So critics will be also easy on us. You, you can tolerate criticism as well. Uh, I remember one lady from the class, she shared with me about her, her friend who mentioned that she's a bus driver. And before her duty began, there was still about 15 minutes. And it was time for Asr. So she started praying in the bus because there's a lot of room over there. So she just started praying over there because there's still 15 minutes. And as she was praying, one of the teachers from the school, he came and started, you know, banging on the door and started yelling at her and humiliating her. And But she continued her prayer. When she finished her prayer, she said, what's the matter? And he kept going on and on and on. And she turned on the radio or something. So everybody could hear what that man was saying to her. And then after a couple of days, and she didn't say anything. And she didn't stop her salah. She didn't think that I'm never going to pray again in the bus. I'm never going to pray again over here. She was confident about what she did because she didn't compromise on her work. She was fulfilling her duty towards her worldly boss and towards her real boss. Right? So she was confident about what she was doing. She didn't care about what that man said. Next day she came to work again. Same, you know, for a couple of days it happened. And then the man, he came, the teacher, and he said something to the effect that I could not sleep all these days because of what I said to you. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm sorry about what I said to you. And now he's different. But the thing is that if we break our salah because of what people are saying, or we don't pray because of what people might say, then how are we meant to tell people about the deen of Allah? How are we meant to tell them? Assalamu alaikum. Just holding on to that thought, we were thinking that those of us who are in public school and high school, it's a responsibility on us to give da'wah to everybody. And I remember when I was in middle school, often I'd feel uncomfortable when my friends would bring up controversial topics about four wives or capital punishment when teachers would bring it up. And, you know, I would always pray that, you know, those topics wouldn't come up so I can avoid them because they would ask me. Or maybe another girl who's wearing a half sleeve and I'm wearing full sleeves, right? Explain that because I don't want to make her feel bad. And then I realized that often we feel these little insecurities because we ourselves aren't confident about our deen and we don't know it well and the moment we learned about all of these things in the Quran, I realized that okay, so now if they come to me, I'm much more confident. Same with hijab, that unfortunately many people are forced by their parents or whatever culturally to wear the hijab and they do it, but then they don't understand why is it that they're doing and why is it so often they let go of their hijab, but many people alhamdulillah, when their parents give them the understanding or they themselves understand why is it that we're doing, why is it that we're wearing hijab or abaya or whatever it is, they feel much more proud and they are confident to yes, very promote true. our deen. Yes. 
A person has fear of what people say when he is not confident. So confidence in what you're doing gives you confidence to face people as well. I don't really know how to explain this, but on a larger level, I know um, like uh, everything that's happening in the world right now with the Muslims um, in Syria and Egypt and Palestine that's been happening for years and years. Um, I don't know how to put all this together, but um, basically there's little kids that are being mass murdered from nuclear explosives where they're dying from seizures and they're just convulsing and all of this is happening and I'm from the tri-state in New Jersey, New York and I remember um, one of the sheikh was like, you know, be very careful when you do this and do that and whatever because a lot of people are being jailed for no reason at all. Just being Muslim, you're being jailed. And he's just like, be careful if you were use the word jihad or anything like this, da, 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 which is understandable and whatnot, but a lot of people are just scared to even think about, you know, standing up for the people that are being mass murdered. You know, we can live and die and this will still go on. And what are we doing about it? Like, we are going to be asked on the Day of Judgment, yes. you know, what did you do? You were sitting in your house eating three times a day and there's people all over the world that are dying that are your brothers and sisters, what are you doing? And um, learning about this, like, do not fear people, fear Allah. At the end of the day, we have to fear Allah. If we feared Allah, then men would be men, women would be raising men, we would be doing the right thing when it needs to be done, on the level that it needs to be done, the way that it needs to be done. So we see that sometimes because of what's going on in the world, we don't even stand up for ourselves, right? Forget other people, we don't even stand up for ourselves, for our faith, to practice our deen. We are so afraid of the mere comments of people that we don't have the courage to get up and pray. We don't have the courage to speak up the truth. Um, I was just thinking a lot of the times we tend to compromise our duties towards Allah, thinking that this is what people will say, this is what will happen. But they've done studies how 80 to 85% of the th- times things that you're worrying about will never even happen in your life. Amazing. So, 80 to 85% of the time, things that you're worried about will never even happen. I stopped wearing the makeup a few months ago, like three months ago, before I came to Al-Huda. So I was traveling to come to Al-Huda and from Alberta, in Fort McMurray, in my car, and uh, I was following a GPS, and my GPS died, and it was at the border of um, U.S., so in Detroit. And when I came, there was, I'm Canadian for so long, and uh, there, was, there were a lot of Canadians going through, that was Isha time. And I was looking for a place to plug my GPS because I couldn't go anywhere. And uh, I want a place to Salah too. So when I came to the border, they stopped me. They said, just go, go to the security, take this paper. All the Canadian passed but me because I wear niqab black. And, so, and I wasn't scared at all. I was very, very confident since I started wearing my niqab. So when I came to, um, they put me in a room, they locked me. And... Uh, so I quickly said, wow, this is amazing. I'm going to plug my GPS, and I wish you guys would hold me for one hour even. <laughs> Just to, because I have to take the road. And uh, so they asked me, what do you have in your car? I said, do you have a weapons? I said, weapons, like what? They said, knife. I said, yes, I have a knife because um, I'm traveling and uh, I have my kitchen stuff. They said, okay. 
so they went to check all my car, and they took all my papers. And uh, so I started doing my salah. I did too. I finished all my salah, and I was in the salah when the lady came back, and she said, uh, "Okay, you're fine, and uh, you will be okay." I said, "Do I have to go over all this anytime I come to the border?" She said, "No, you will be fine. Take this paper." So I think. Be very confident. Don't be scared about anybody. <laughs> and trust Because sometimes Allah. what happens is when we get scared, then we start blurting things out and we uh, start panicking. And who panics? Then who's guilty? And the people have a reason to doubt you. So just relax. Don't panic. Take it easy. And if they are, if people are questioning you or checking you again and again. Know that sometimes there is a reason why they have to do it, right? They're fulfilling their duty as well. It is for the purpose of security that they have to do this. So some understand where they're coming from as well. Sometimes it's reasonable, and sometimes it is not reasonable. So where it is not reasonable, trust on Allah, do dhikr, stay relaxed, لا يخافون لو متلائم, and inshallah Allah will help you. So لا يخافون لو متلائم. ذَلِكَ فَضْلُ اللَّهِ That is the favor of Allah. What is the favor of Allah? Having these characteristics. Six qualities have been mentioned over here, about which Allah says, يُؤْتِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءَ He gives it to whomsoever He wills. وَاللَّهُ وَاسِعٌ عَلِيمٌ And don't think that Allah is stingy in granting these qualities. No, He is vast in His fadl, in His ata', in His gift, in His favor. You make yourself worthy and Allah will give you too. He is alim. He knows who deserves these qualities and who doesn't. So what we see here is that some characteristics of believers are mentioned. Which believers? Who Allah loves. Who are they? What are their characteristics? First of all, يُحِبُّهُمْ Secondly, وَيُحِبُّونَ They love him back. What's next? أَذِلَّةٍ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Then, أَعِزَّةٍ عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ Then, يُجَاهِدُونَ فِي سَبِيلَ اللَّهِ And then, لَا يَخَافُونَ لَوْمَةَ لَائِمْ They do not fear the criticism of any critique. So, ذَلِكَ فَضْلُ اللَّهِ يُؤْتِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَاللَّهُ وَاسِعُ عَلِيمٌ Let's listen to the recitation and then some reflections over this verse. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu man yartadda minkum an dinihi fasawfa yati allahu biqawm فَسَوْفَ يَأْتِي اللَّهُ بِقَوْمٍ يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَهُ أَذِلَّةٍ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ أَذِلَّةٍ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ أَعِزَّةٍ عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ يُجَاهِدُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ يجاهدون في سبيل الله ولا يخافون لوم تلائم ذلك فضل الله يؤتيه من يشاء والله واسع عليم So what do we think generally? Deen is 
that we just perform certain rituals that are specific to certain times, certain places, and that's what deen is. But what does this ayah teach us? That deen is what? To love Allah and having Allah love you. That is the greatest achievement. That is the best quality that a person can possess. That is the best fadl. That a person loves Allah and Allah loves him. And likewise, being nice and gentle with the people of Allah. Because the fact is that the heart that has love for Allah, the heart that loves a loving heart, such a heart is what? Soft and tender. Merciful and kind. Gentle. And a heart that doesn't know how to love. That heart is harsh and cold. Hard. Unaffected. So if we claim that our heart is full of love for Allah, then it will be visible in the way that we deal with the people of Allah. Remember this. Because many people, they claim, I love Allah. You know, I love Allah. And people will go back and forth rocking themselves. Right? As they're listening to the Qur'an or listening to a nasheed, ah, my heart is full of love for Allah. And at the same time, they're seen yelling at people and cursing them and humiliating people. No. This is all false. A heart that has love is a heart that is soft and compassionate and tender, understanding. And a heart that doesn't know how to love, that cannot contain the love for Allah, then that heart is harsh. So these two things will always be together. Love for Allah and love for the people of Allah. They will always be together. And think about it. A loving heart, meaning someone who can love others, only that kind of a heart can love Allah. Because a heart that has not experienced love, has not experienced compassion, has not experienced tenderness, how can such a heart contain the love for Allah, humble before Allah, weep before Allah? It's not possible. So a loving heart can love Allah. And think about it, if a person cannot love the people who are before him, whom he can see, then how can he love the one, the being whom he cannot see? Think about it. If we cannot have mercy towards people who are before us, if we cannot be gentle towards them, if we cannot be cooperative with them, then how can we be obedient to the one whom we cannot see? It's not possible. So if we want to love Allah, then let's start loving the people of Allah. If we want to be humble before Allah, let's start being humble before the people of Allah. So you find Allah's love by loving His people. You realize Allah's love, you create Allah's love in your heart by loving Allah's friends. So يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَ Because you see, love is something that drives you. Love is something that motivates you, that pushes you. People will do the most difficult things because of the love that they have for someone. This is why it's so important to love Allah because otherwise you can't obey Him. You can't. 